Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the weekly review with Sean Sirock. I am Sean Keaton Torres in here. And of course, I am joined along with. And it's your boy Sirock the Mike. How we doing this afternoon on a beautiful Wednesday? Thursday. Thursday. Uh, it's Thursday. It's Thursday. Yes, yes, it is Thursday. It is beautiful down here. Uh, okay, I got to admit, it's nice to have warm weather here when the rest of the country is starting to get cold. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, isn't it crazy how, like, you forget, like, it's supposed to be cold in October? <laughs> Yeah, bro. <laughs> That's crazy. But as you can see, today's guest is my brother from another. <laughs> Second interview was, I think our first interview was what, uh, a, a year ago today or close to it? Yeah, close to it. Yeah. It's close to a year, yeah. Close, Either way, yeah. this man needs no introduction. I feel like uh, Bruce Buffer. Two-time yeah. <laughs> author, two, two, two-time author, motivator, Founder and barely legal to drink. <laughs> My buddy, <laughs> Devin Paladino. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show, brother. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Bro, doing bro. good, man. Glad to have you back. Glad to have you back on the we show. Alive. Man. You like Sir uh, was saying, you are a writing fool, man. Yeah, you man. Got man. two books done in the middle of writing a children's book. I mean, what else you doing? <laughs> Man, just just working, man. I'm just uh just going to school, writing, mm -hmm. working, working out, same routine. Just just really trying to you know get big and make it happen. The only way to do that is by working hard. So that's gotcha. Just, just gotcha. motivated to try and get there. So so last time we talked, you had just completed your first book, and obviously fast forward today, you got another obviously another one already published. What like yeah. give us a refresh, man? What's, what's changed since the last time we talked? Um, everything you know, we want to know everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we do. Yeah, I we mean, do. uh, I finally went out the country. I took a trip out to France. Okay, um, first time, first time leaving the country. I went out to Paris. Um, somewhere I've always wanted to go. Somewhere I always dreamed of going. And you know, um, I had, of course, I had to get fully vaccinated first. And right, you know, I was like, uh, I was hearing rumors that you know Europe was going to open up, and I was paying close attention to that. And they said France is going to open up, so. France reopened to Americans June 10th, as long as you're fully vaccinated for okay. uh, like two months prior. And I had got mm. my uh, last vaccine in April. So okay. I was all good to go. And, you know, I was like, I'm not in because I didn't do summer classes. So I was like this whole summer because I just wanted to focus on finishing my second book. So right. I'm like, I'm not doing nothing this summer besides writing like and working. Let me finally like go make this dream come true. Like while I'm young and, you know, somebody had told me they're like, travel while you're young now before you get you know you have to pay back your student loans and you get a full-time job and then yep. you got your own living place and then yep. you you know obviously you find a girl have a family with them then you're stuck and just do it now while you're young you don't have that much you can marry folks like, you're stuck you're stuck i mean <laughs> you're not stuck like, you're not stuck, stuck but he's right i mean once you get once once you hit i'm not gonna say a certain age but a certain stride <laughs> in life once you hit yeah. a certain stride in life, you you've got too many responsibilities. You really like green light. Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow I'm going to go to Paris, and then Wednesday right. I'm going just, to Australia. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just too many responsibilities, and it's mm -hmm. like you know, who knows if there's going to be another pandemic? I mean, who knows with COVID? There's going to be we still living. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> who knows if there's going to be another variant that's going to mm -hmm. be deadlier? Like, why not go now? So I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna do this now while I'm not in, while I'm having the summer off and. I was just like, I just saved my money up and then I went and it was one of the best experience of my life. Like it was so amazing. Like, like as soon as I got off the plane, 
I'm not going to lie. Like, I started getting really nervous. I'm like, Damn, I'm in another country. My phone's not working. I'm Y'all like, speak English? Like, Y'all speak English yeah. over here? <laughs> and I'm looking. I get off the plane. I'm seeing everything is in, the, in French. Like, everything is in French. Yeah. Everybody, so, all I'm hearing is French. Because I was in people. France. Everything's in French. Yeah, bro. So, <laughs> so, so, I'm, like, so I'm, I'm slowly down. I'm slowly down real quick. Because we had, you know, a guest on last week. As you, you know, he's, he's a... The black nomad, he's a world traveler. So I'm gonna kind of kind of compare a little bit. So you oh, took yeah. a plane, you did the whole Paris trip. He yeah. did he's been to Paris trip, he's done Paris thing too, but I'm pretty sure that the way you guys did it was different. So without giving us a figure around how much or around how long did it take you to save up to get to the to do the Paris trip? You don't have to be exact or anything. I just want to kind of compare doing it his month. way, your way. Probably about a month. About a month. Okay. Yeah, month. two paychecks, two paychecks. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. We'll travel the world real quick. One second. Man. Next Friday. I, got <laughs> I you. know. Right? I promise. <laughs> I promise. See, I don't, and that's without me working full time. Now, if I right. work full time, it probably would have been at least like maybe one, probably two, just to make sure you have enough cash when you go over there. Right. Because, you know, uh, it's more expensive over there because the euro dollar is worth more than American dollars. So, currently, for instance, currently. I took out. Yeah. $200 in euros and that was $280 in American dollars. So it was more money. Spent. Right. So, right. yeah, bro. But it's actually not that expensive as people think like, okay, for instance, like one of my friends, he always buys designer stuff. He mm-hmm. spent $650, $690 on a pair of Gucci shoes at the mall the other day. Woo! That is a flight. Please tell, me, please tell me he has like a vehicle. Like he has a car, right? He has a six figure job, right? I'm no, just saying. Stay, I think he stays at home with his parents. Still. No, no, come on, man. What I was trying to explain to him was: <laughs> is that six hundred nine dollars you just spent? That's a that's less than a plane ticket is to go to Paris. Like, yes. think about that. You buying a pair of shoes just to get, I mean, just to look good for Instagram, and you're still going to be doing the same thing where you could literally buy a plane ticket to go halfway across the world, which is some people who've never done that and never will do that. Exactly. And you get mm-hmm. to experience something once in a lifetime. Like, I don't know, bro. My mentality is just different. Like growing, like I said, like, you know, growing up in Chicago and Rockford, it's like everybody's like, you, you don't really leave out of there. And I'm trying to change the mm-hmm. culture to be like, instead of spending like $600 on a pair of Gucci shoes or $400 on a Louis belt, like, why not use that money to save up and get maybe, you know, get a new car or go travel somewhere out the country and do something like that. Like people make it seem like you have to be some millionaire to leave the country. No, you don't like that. $690 you just spent was less than a plane ticket to go to Paris. Like why are you trying to inflate inflate somebody else's uh, basic experience when you can inflate your own, basically, you know, you pay for someone else's experience, but you can inflate your own and do the trick yourself and make your own memories. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And you know, and, and listen, you want to really flex on the ground, you know, go to France, take some pictures. You know, like what's like what yeah, look better? If you scroll through your, your little news feed, you see some nice shoes. Oh, that's nice. But then you see your boy out in you know France somewhere in the yeah, yeah. I don't know Eiffel Tower. You know, smoking yeah, a cigarette or some stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's what you should be doing. And that's um, the ones you stop on when you when you scrolling through Instagram. You know, it's like oh, nice shoe. Oh, nice shirt. But then you think you you the way Instagram does it too. You're like, oh well, you know, this guy might be an ad. This is an influence or whatever. Even if it's one of your boys, you're like, okay, whatever. I'm just keep scrolling. Right. And then you come across one, and like, dang, where is he at? What's right, he looking bro. at? 
like, <laughs> and that's when you stop. That's when you start going through. Like, oh, that's cool, man. That's yeah. Is this, is this Photoshop? No, it's yeah. exactly. <laughs> I know. And then you gotta yeah, like <laughs> persuade people that this is a real trip. Like, no, this is not. <laughs> yes, bro. Like, this is not Photoshop. Like, this is the actual take a Eiffel video? Tower. Exactly. Yeah, um, like, but it was great, bro. Like, it was one of the. I'm so just. I'm just very thankful. Right. God gave me the opportunity to be able to go and do that because, like, you know being a foster kid and you know being that people don't do that stuff foster kids don't do that stuff like it was yeah. just very amazing and you know mm-hmm. to read the text messages i was getting like like people are just saying that's so inspiring like wow because people know i was just riding the city mm-hmm. bus three years ago mm-hmm. and what's crazy is a year ago today i just bought my first car nice so, wow so much has changed within the past year bro like, i didn't yeah, you appreciate it more yeah. yeah, bro. Like, I didn't even have a car around this time last year. I was riding my bike everywhere. And it's just crazy, like, you know, how much has changed and everything. And, and then, like, just to be able to make those memories and experiences, like, experience a different culture. And, you know, mm-hmm. I went to the Louvre Museum, which is the biggest art museum in the world. And I saw the Mo- the Mona Lisa, like, the real Mona Lisa. Like, how she looked. That was Lovely, really right? cool. Can you take pictures? Tower, that doesn't even need to be explained. Can, That's can, that is even more beautiful in person. Like it's amazing, bro. It was just. Can you, can you take pictures in the Louvre? Yeah, I did. I took a few pictures. I, I made sure I got a picture in front of the Mona Lisa. <laughs> got to, you got to, so, right? And in front of the Mona Lisa, like it's literally like a line to get through to the picture. Like the line really? was like almost yeah, it's almost out the door. So you had to go, there's like, there's like a specific gallery. The art museum is huge, but there's like uh-huh. a Mona Lisa gallery. And then there's a, the Mona Lisa is right in the middle of the, um, the art museum. And there's like a line you have to wait in and everybody takes turns getting pictures. And then if they take too long, like there's like two security guards on each side and they'll be like, go, go. And then the, of course the Mona Lisa is bulletproof glass and yeah. No, mm-hmm. they they make sure that case okay, very case okay, just pop the shots at them. <laughs> yeah, bro, that thing is like they got that thing like secured. Like you don't see it in the pictures, but they got two security guards on each side. Jesus, like, it's, they got pain? that thing on lock. Like, they, was it ex- was it exactly how you thought it would look? I mean, I'm sure it's actually kind of smaller than what I thought because it's it's like a kind of like a small square painting. Uh-huh. I oh, thought it would okay. be like a lot bigger, like an actual portrait. But mm-hmm. it was still incredible to see, like, that's the real Mona Lisa painted in 1509. Like, wow, bro. Like, or however long ago. Like, who I who painted that, by the way? I forgot. Uh, da Vinci. Uh, yeah. Leonardo you think Vinci. he was just like, yeah. you think he's just in his grave right now? Like, yo, that was just a picture of my sister. Like, what? why is people so, <laughs> why is people so obsessed with this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, um, see, that's the thing, too. Like, why are we so obsessed with that painting? Like, it's just a, a yeah. portrait of a, of somebody who's, you don't even yeah. know. Like, I. I don't if Leonardo da Vinci wouldn't have accomplished some of the other things that he had accomplished. I don't know if the Mona Lisa would be as, as phenomenal as yeah. it is now. You know, see, my the, favorite the, painting personally is the the Last Supper that he painted. Well, he didn't even paint that. Like he sculpted. I don't, I don't know exactly the story behind it, uh-huh. but he like it's on a like a ceiling. It's that yeah. big. It was. Yeah. I thought that was like, but that's in like Italy. The, you know, oh, you're like, talking about the one at, at the Vatican, the Vatican ceiling. Yes, that one. Yeah, yeah okay, the one with yeah, Jesus yeah. at the Last Supper and all the yeah, disciples. That, like, I, I want to see that. I, that. That's what yeah, I really want to see. I, I want to yeah. see that person because I've seen many pictures and I think that's just yeah. amazing. Yes, know? bro. So, like to be able to so, do that on a ceiling, bro. That's incredible. Like, how did you even get up there to do that? Like, <laughs> bro, yeah, well, back, back then, then back, back then, had nothing but you know? time to figure stuff out like that. Like, man, no TV, <laughs> no phones, no. Oh yeah, that is true, bro. No, no distractions. Cars. Like, they know, had yeah, women, man. Get your I mean, whole, literally, on, you got, woman, back then you had your whole life to like complete projects. Like, 
yeah. nothing but time. But um, the craziest thing to me, my favorite thing about the whole experience, besides the Eiffel Tower and besides the Mona Lisa, like I would say the coolest thing to me was seeing how different the culture was there. Every kid, every person you saw there had a soccer ball and a PSG jersey, Paris Saint-Germain. I thought you were about to say PS5. I was like, what? No, (laughs) there was no Tom Brady jerseys, NFL jerseys, none of that. Like, no baseball jerseys. It was crazy to see. It was just soccer everywhere you went. Even in the stores, all they had was soccer jerseys everywhere. And I'm talking like uh, soccer jerseys from the country of Turkey, Ireland, like <laughs> all over, bro. It's like, well, you know, man, that's, no, that's, like, that's, that's the most popular sport shirts. in the world. You didn't, you, you, you yeah, didn't get bro. you a Manchester United one or nothing, or nothing while you were there. No, I did get a PSG one. I got, oh. I got a uh, PSG. I had to represent, you know, that's that's their team. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, let me go ahead and get one because I see everybody. I got, I got like four or five shirts of that and a pair of sweatpants. I'm like, man, that's. I like the brand because it's sponsored by Jordan, so it's pretty <laughs> yeah. cool because it says Paris and then. On the A, it has the Jumpman, so I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. Pretty so, what was what was one of your favorite uh, parts of the? I know you said the Mona Lisa and off and after yeah. Tower, but you there's so much to see. I mean, so bro, there's country. so much to see. Yeah. And so I would was, say probably the catacombs. That was kind of it was scary, yeah. but yeah. it was incredible. Like to see, like they don't even have the bones blocked off, like. Like you just stand there and you'll see millions of human bones, skulls, bones everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to touch them, you can touch them and all that. But I wasn't trying to touch nothing because that stuff was haunted. Yeah, it you was kind of scary. Bro, I can't even lie. It was scary, bro. Like, yes, bro. It was scary down there because like you walk to it takes about five minutes just to walk down the stairs because it's underground in Paris. Mm-hmm. It's so long the walk. And then it's just pure silence down there. And they hand you what they do is they hand you a little phone and they hand you some headphones and it's a guided tour through the video. Okay. So I was getting kind of scared at first because I I was by myself and I saw like a group of two people ahead of me. And then behind me, there was nobody behind me. It was pitch black. It was just, but just the light. And like, I mean, somebody would have sneezed. He would have came out. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. And in there, it's like a it's like a jail down there. It's like there's there's cages where you see bones behind the like the cells. Oh and then God. there's like nothing but bones everywhere. And it's like it's like almost like an underground cave. It's pure quiet. You'll hear like mm-hmm. waters dripping. And as you walk, it's like you're walking on gravel. So it's like real like everything is rocks <laughs> and everything. This sounds like uh something that should be at Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> Bro, I, I'm I mean they, you, they've used it in, 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 like, some, in quite a few scary movies, and that's really? why I kind of want to see yeah, it. There's oh, a, yeah, yeah, it's man, in a few yeah, scary yeah. movies. It's in a lot of scary movies, actually. Yeah, like yeah. they filmed down there. And there's actually like they were I think saying there's a section like, blocked off now, isn't there? That, they, they exactly. That's what I was gonna get to. There's well, what happened? Actually, is caving in? Well, there's a section blocked off that tourists can't and people can't go to, but people will sneak underground and go to it. And it's like haunted supposedly and it's like there, so there's the tourist part you can go to and then there's the part you can't go to it's mm-hmm. it's so big because what they did was is they buried people underground because they didn't want to make paris look bad with all the cemeteries <laughs> so like bro like nobody's died here like being down there with like all those bones and souls like i believe like that stuff was mm-hmm. i was getting nervous because i was by myself at one point and there was nobody around me 
I started walking fast to catch up with a few couple in front of me. I was you like, wanna... <laughs> yeah, you got you, you like, to be in a group of people. American, like walking right behind us. He's <laughs> like, we weren't looking for a third wheel, but we see that you're terrified. So come on. Dude. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's some yeah. paranormal. Like, I don't believe in ghost stuff, but I ain't going to risk and, it. <laughs> and the thing that's crazy is there's like little to no security down there. Like okay. you, can, you can literally get lost in it. That's how like big and like creepy it is like you go down there there's you can do a guided tour but they only do them at some certain times and you mm-hmm. go down there and you're like by yourself and then there's no security no workers around until you get to like the middle part and then they have like little readings that you can read but everything was in french right. and they have that but like if you go down there by yourself unless there's like a whole bunch of people down there touring you're just going to be by yourself and i was like i was just thankful that there was a there's a like I'm not gonna say a bunch, but there was a few people down there, and I just walked behind them. I wasn't trying to walk by myself down there. It was creepy. I know. And it's start, cold down start, there too. You know, doing all this as I walk yeah, through the valley, like, like shadow of death. Oh we're, god! So <laughs> if, I hear a certain noise behind me. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so <laughs> even though it was kind of, even though you were kind of terrified, kind of scared a little bit, were you tempted to, to go to the to the blocked off section just so just no, for that experience? No, not, not at all. all. No, bro. No. I don't do that. They, they don't stuff, come bro. back from the blocked off section. No, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no. You can mm-hmm. save that for the crazy white people. I ain't doing that. No. I'm going to stick to the part where I'm supposed to be at because I'm not doing that crazy stuff. Bro. <laughs> but it was incredible to see that. Like the thing that kind of like, I ain't going to lie, the thing that kind of got my mind going was like, wow, I can really take one of these bones and put it in my bag and have it as a souvenir. Yeah, like, they, they probably encourage ball. it. Like, yeah, sure, go ahead. We try yeah. to get yeah. <laughs> We gotta get this out of yeah. here somehow. <laughs> this isn't a tour. This is supposed to be a come and come and get. <laughs> but it was incredible to see that. Like, that was one of the craziest things, spookiest things too. Like, that was like very like eerie down there. But that was cool to see that. And then there's just so much about Paris. Like, there's so much to see. Like, you, can, mm-hmm. I was mad because like I had only. For some reason, I only scheduled it for four days, and then it took an entire day. It was a fourteen-hour flight. Yeah, just to get there. Just usually. to get there. Yeah. So when I got there, it was very early in the morning on Friday. So I only had well Thursday, and it, I only really had about like three days because then I left Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I left Sunday night. But it was oh, like wow, you squeezed a lot in a little bit of time. Yeah, I was gonna say Bro, you I sleep. Was running with the chicken, I was like a chicken with my head cut off. I was going here, 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 everywhere, like. I went to the oh the Sean's Alley. That's a really cool place because it's like just pure shopping malls. It'd be like um it'd be like going to like um so going let's say you go to International Mall right but it's all outdoor and there's like Gucci store, Louis store, Chanel because you know all that stuff is made in, in France like right all that stuff all those big name designer brands are made there. Oh you see you should have brought your boy he would have been like. Yes, that's the only way you can visit him. But the thing is, is like I I watched a video on YouTube and they said it's cheaper over there because it's made there. Mm -hmm. Oh, as soon as I went, I I just like okay, let me go explore. And uh, I went into the Montclair store because that's like the famous, you know, puffer jackets and stuff. Bro, they wanted nine hundred. Everything there was nine hundred euros, and that's (laughs) and I did the calculation in American dollars. That's about twelve hundred U.S. dollars. Yeah, yeah, because they they know they. I mean, like. I mean, most of the time they know you're a tourist. And I, yeah. I mean, I know they don't oh, set yeah, the prices expecting, but probably a lot of people who are actually citizens or, or French citizens, they probably go to different stores to get the same oh, yeah, thing at like yeah. a discount. Like, they have to go there because yeah. that, that's like a tourist trap. I'm sure right. they know different areas. Right. But but the crazy thing about it, bro, is when I was walking along that like those areas, you would just see French soldiers walking around with machine guns. I was oh, yeah. like, what the hell? 
like they don't have they don't do police officers like here, we do here. They had military France soldiers walking around with, with machine guns, like mm-hmm. standing around outside the stores and everything. I'm like, damn, like they, they, got, they, they have to. That's why they yeah, crime those, is so much lower than ours. You know, those ter- exactly. the terrorist oh, attacks. Oh yeah, and another there? thing is, uh, citizens can't carry guns there. Only police. Yeah. Oh, so here. That's, that's, listen, yeah, don't tell that, that, that to a, to no, any no. conservative over here in the states. Did <laughs> what? freedoms so so we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't if we didn't ask how was the black experience in in france i know it's supposed to be good they got a lot of black black french people they got black french there was there was but he's black american so you know i gotta ask yeah there there was uh i was surprised because like there was a there's a lot of people from africa who go to france yes and they live a lot of immigrants i met a whole bunch of people from senegal and um zimbabwe i met some of them and then uh, all along there, there was a lot of like it's it's so much more peaceful and calmer there. Like everybody gets along well, well and right. there's like here in America, there's none of that like ghetto stuff, like all that you know ratchet talking mm-hmm. ghetto and all that. Like they're all very respectful, nice and polite, at least from what I saw. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I saw Asian people there, Indian people there. I saw um, African American people there. The one group I was surprised, I didn't see any Hispanic people, none at all. Nah, I, I was like, <laughs> well, I was like, this is crazy. They would probably be I, like, like Spaniards, you know? They yeah, Spain so I would close. think like people from Spain, yeah. yeah. But I didn't, or I didn't Portuguese. see any Hispanic people. I didn't hear any Spanish speaking. All you heard was French everywhere. Because you well, gotta remember, it, that's how like in, it is in, in Canada Africa, too. In Canada, it's the yeah, same way. Yeah, in Africa too. I didn't know this, but in Africa, there's like countries that speak French because the French colonized there. Yeah. So they like. They just naturally know how to speak French, but it was incredible. I think like to that's see, like, one of the more more one of the most used languages in, in the in the continent down there. It's yeah, crazy. yeah, and it was incredible to see like all like everybody was just like got along so well, and you didn't see anybody acting out crazy or anything. And then like uh, even with like um you know like uh, it was cool to see like all the the cars too. The cars are all stick shift there, and they're very small. They drive like, on the other no side, right? They drive on the left side. Uh, that they they drive on the uh left side just like here. Yeah, Wait, I, th- well, maybe I think England's the only one that drives. England and yeah, like England, England and somewhere in Africa, like, yeah. Oh, they're the only ones that drive on the other okay. side. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, they uh they all uh it was it was it was just weird to see like all the um cars are so much smaller than here in America, and um like the motorcycle rules there too are a lot different. Like motorcycles can ride in between the lines. So yeah. like you'll have, you know how you have a car here and a car lane here, they're allowed to ride in between the lines. So you'll be like, stop here and you'll be driving. And out of nowhere, you just see a motorcycle come right up next to you and just drive. I, I think you can do that here though, like, can't you? No, no, you no, can't. <laughs> well, I mean, if you do it, you're kind of like, you're switching lanes, which is scary, yeah. but like oh. over there it's legal. Like you, it, like they can just do that. And I was like, wow, this is crazy to see. Maybe like, I'm thinking of like when traffic is stopped, like them like going in between, like, you know. I think you're thinking of GTA. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think, I think <laughs> yeah, something, I was, something I was playing. <laughs> yeah, but everything there, bro, like I'm always going to encourage people. If you ever get the chance to travel out the world, mm-hmm. go to France, bro. Go to Paris, France. It's safe. It's just like America. Everything is like, it's not no third world country or crazy over there. Like everybody's respectful, polite. Mm-hmm. Um, no, just you don't necessarily have to speak French. Just know some terms like bonjour, hello, oui, oui, no. boo boo. Yeah, bro. Um, just like it's it's Google really translate it's, it's is your amazing. friend. Yeah, like the the uh, French the fries. There you ever asked for that? Were, you, you asked for French fries. 
where can I get French fries? <laughs> no, they actually they eat a lot of bread there, like croissants and all that. That stuff okay. is real. Like they they eat bread, wine, and cheese. Like that's their snack time. I'm like, wow, this is like damn. Uh, can we switch it up? I bet, I bet those Craig, can we switch good, it up, please? <laughs> I bet those croissants were good. <laughs> oh, like every morning you'll because my hotel is right next to a, a fresh. They have like they literally have shops just made for fresh baking bread, and you'll see people go in there in the morning and buy these huge loaves of bread and just walk down the street with them. I'm like, this is crazy. People are buying bread and just walking down the street with them. Like they don't even Hoarded. have it like carried like in the bag, like the plastic bags we have. They'll just carry it like with their bare hands. And they'll carry it like, <laughs> like in this little specific bag that has like a, a piece of bread poking out inside of it. It was like, that's crazy. That's, that's what's up though. You know, it was cool. I guess they're not afraid of carbs over in, in France. <laughs> no. no, gluten. But the exist. cool country I really enjoyed was was Brazil. I had just came back. Like, yeah, I was, I was gonna ago. I was gonna ask you about that. But yeah, before bro. I ask you about that, you had a quick question. I wanted to get into real quick because uh, this this uh is definitely what um kind of piqued my interest. All right, and I don't want to switch subjects like that fast like that. But the new book, man, I just want I just want to know, yeah, what's yeah, it about, man? I I love it. I I, I like the title. I can kind of guess, but Streets of Scholarship, or yep. Streets of, or France of Scholarship, or however you want to call it. What I mean, um, this is this is this is great. I mean, explain. What was the motivation? I mean, I, it really just came from like my background. Like I said, growing up in Rockford and Chicago came from that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, seeing a, a lot because like there, a lot of people think like if you're not some famous rapper or athlete, mm -hmm. like you just are out on the street trying to gangbang and hustle and to make money. And it's like, I wanted to write a book and it's crazy because the title came to me when I was laying down at night, uh -huh. I was just laying down. I was trying to think of a title for the longest and I was almost done writing it. I'm like, what am I going to write about? And I was on FaceTime with a friend. I'm like, I got streets to scholarships. And like, what do you think about that? I was like, bro, that sounds so good. It goes right along with each other. And I was like, bro, I'm going to call it streets to scholarships. And the, basically the book is about, you know, three kids who grew up on the south side of Chicago okay. and each kid has their own different struggles. So one kid is in a wheelchair and he has that type of struggle, dis disability. Another kid is his dad is an alcoholic and his brother died to gang violence. And he is on, he ends up going into the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And then another kid who's a female, she, her mom is uh, dealing with breast cancer and she's at home taking care of, you know, her, uh, her brother her little brother so all three of these kids have different struggles but the key is is that they go to the school called washington academy which is a school that they tested into and they got into okay and the mission of the school is they take kids from you know the bad areas of the south side and the west side and east side and they bring them to the school as long as they test in academically and they want to provide a better opportunity for them by mm -hmm. having them in a safe environment good teaching and all that basically trying to remove them from the kids who don't want to be in school. They just go there to cause a fight and all that. So they take them to the, they're at this school and they, it's a gifted school and everything. And you know, while they're at school, like X-Men, like school, like, yeah. And they have, like, have our uh, coming through the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while they're at school and everything, they, um, you know, they're going to school and, one of the kids, uh, so a lot of the violence is going around in the city and they finally, and what they do this competition at school called the community service award. So the award is, is each kid can, uh, they have like a, a, an award that goes on and they want the mission of the award is 
to go out in the community and do good for the community. And whoever does the best and the most amount wins uh, three to $5,000 in scholarships and they get to meet the mayor of Chicago okay. and they get to explain their idea to her and they get, uh, they'll also get medals from her. So their scholarships and getting to meet the mayor and get medals. And so eventually they, um, you know, they part, they do a Valentine's day giveaway at a woman's shelter. They do um, a Christmas giveaway at a foster, uh, at a orf- uh, group home, at a okay. uh, group home full of foster kids who don't get Christmas presents. And then they do uh, for Thanksgiving, they do a, a feed the homeless at a church okay. and they go there and then like I said, one of the kids ends up going into foster care and the disabled kid, it convinces his mom to take him in. So then they, all three of these kids come together in the competition. They participate in this and then they all come together and the one kid takes in the foster, the kid who ends up in the foster program and they all come together and then they do these awards and they do this uh, community service give back. And eventually they end up winning the award and they get to meet the mayor of Chicago and they explain the idea to her and you know, they tell her what they did and, you know, she congratulates them and they win the scholarships and that's the book. And I wanted to write it to inspire kids that, you know, I didn't want it just to be your average, a kid grows up in the hood and he becomes a famous athlete. You hear so (laughs) much about that. Not not that there's anything wrong with that. I just wanted to switch it up and show kids like, you don't have to be some famous athlete or, or artist. Like you can do it just by doing good in the classroom and you can make scholarships for yourself. Right. Mind you, all three of the kids had three three or higher. So I basically just tried to send a message in the book that you can provide your own opportunities as long as you work hard in the classroom. You don't exactly. have to be some special Talented. one in a million talent. Yeah, you can just work hard in the classroom and provide your own opportunities. And the way I got that book from how I wrote it was, you know, how I moved to Florida was is I did good in school and I was able to get on the scholarship program. And that's how I was able to move down here and go to school and all that. And I just did that solely with doing well in school. And then also, like, I did a Valentine's Day giveaway and a Christmas giveaway for kids before. So I, I put those things I did into the book right. to where they do it. So that was basically the message that I tried to send. And it just get, I felt like it was, it was going to be a good book. And I prayed about it. And I just wrote it. And it took me about... It took me seven months to work on it because okay. I had to write. I, I, this time around, I, I worked with the editor who was my old English teacher. Okay. So I uh, so I wrote the whole thing and then I sent it to her and she went through the whole thing and edited it, like spelling errors or sentences that could be changed. And then how I many how many pages thing. are we talking about? It ended up coming out to 370 God pages. God damn, that's a Bible. So, <laughs> but why do, it was... Why, uh, was there a reason it. you you switched up from your last editor? Because you you had a lot of praise from your last editor when you were when you're on you you, you praised well, your last editor quite a quite a bit. That's the thing. Like I went, the last editor was from Fiverr, and she I just oh, hired this random lady okay. on, the, on the app, and I paid her almost a thousand dollars to edit my book, and she did a terrible job on it. Like there was everybody who's read my first book says there's a whole bunch of spelling errors, grammatical errors, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. This lady just took advantage of me because it was my first book. I was some young kid with the first book and I was really excited and I paid her and she didn't even do a good job on it. Like mm-hmm. I was so mad when I found out there was all these spelling errors and people were telling me that. I was like embarrassed in a way. But they all said like it's a great book regardless. Like Right. Like, and you learn and you learn from it too. To yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, and I'm glad yeah, you exactly. on what and I learned from that. And then that's when 
my old English teacher came in and she's like, I will edit your book for you for free. Like, I will do it for you. I'm right, so like, happy damn. and proud of everything that you've been doing. And I was like, wow. Like, I, I didn't actually, it sounded like a little too good to be true until I sent her the book and I saw her edit the entire thing. And then we worked together. Like, right. Let me prove you this shit this time. <laughs> yeah. And that was the thing too. With, with her editing, the first person who I sent the, the edits to, all they did was just edit it and send it right back to me. I didn't get to see any changes that they made or agree to them or anything. It was just that. Mm-hmm. Whereas her, she she went she wrote all the changes on the side and she mm-hmm. and i got to see every edit she made and i got to see all the comments she made and it was nice to be able to work together and see like okay do i like this edit do i want to change it right. and, you know and, and it also makes you a better writer in a sense as well you yeah know and, I mean? that's, like, and i yeah. saw that growth like from the first one this one like my sentences are a lot better like that whole book came from my head. That's all a mm-hmm. fiction book. And I wrote a whole yeah. fiction book that made, it made it sound real. So I, I definitely saw that too. And it's like, I'm glad you could come uh, back on and speak on what yeah, it, it, your it, experience was with, 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 with Fever, because, you know, as I said, you had kind of had praise for him for the first time, but now you got some feedback. Right. It didn't, it, it, they kind of took advantage of you. Actually, it yeah, sounds to did. me like they did. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad you could speak on that. And, and so people would know to have other, look for other options that, that are out there. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you for that. And that's why I was like, you know, I always have people text me on Instagram, DM me, ask me how to write a book and all that's not. And it's like, hey, well, um, you write, you start writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, what I try, the advice I give them is don't work with an editor who's not going to send you your work back to where you can see it. Try to, and don't work with somebody random. Try to find somebody who you, who you have a know, rela- you some have sort a of relationship with, with. Yeah. exactly exactly and it's like like now like i've i've she and she's told me like she's very she's helped out so much because she told me like i will help you with any book you want to write i believe right. in you i believe in what you're doing the messages and i was like wow like i was like so because i couldn't i can't do it without her i need an editor to edit my work because there's you know yeah. you always need somebody to help you out and you always need a second uh, another sir, yeah exactly that's yeah. What and, and people eyes is always helpful people sometimes get confused with you know edit think about editing as like fixing like you said you know grammatical errors or you know maybe helping with sentence structure but at the end of the day it's also helping present a story because you can write a story and yeah. you know and it may be good to yourself but you know, the way you present it makes all the difference. You know what I mean? It, it has to be lined up well. You know, it has to, you know, it's just like a movie. Like, you're building, you know, tension. It's a plot. Exactly. It's a storyline, all this stuff. So, yeah, man. you know, when you find a good exactly one, like you say, your teacher, you, you got to keep her. Yeah, yeah. and that's why I was Definitely. like, wow, like, I have somebody who's going to, you know, edit my work and help me. Like, mm-hmm. I found somebody. So, I was just very grateful, thankful, everything, because that's what really made the book go. Like, mm-hmm. like. I'm not a, I'm a very humble person and I don't like it when people, people have been telling me lately, like you're going places, you're going far, you're doing all this and that, like you're doing stuff people have never done before from where we're from and all that. And that's like, you know, I always appreciate those compliments, but I don't look at myself as above anybody. And I don't look at myself as better than anybody. And the way I look at it is I can always do more. So yeah. it's nice to see somebody who has the same hunger that I have. And it's right. just like, like I tell them that I want to write this book now and I want to write and they want to, okay, let's go, let's do this. Like, let's work on it. And it's just like, I'm very thankful that I found somebody who wants me to, has the same, like wants to see that hunger too. And not just somebody who's just like, like, wow, like fanned out in a way, like, wow, you're doing this and that. And it's like, it was nice <laughs> to find somebody like that. So 
did you uh did you happen to because you, you you spoke of her but you didn't i don't you didn't mention her by name is is mayor lightfoot actually mentioned by name in your book oh um no speaking of that that's really good i was going to talk about that i'm actually in the process of trying to meet her right now wait wait um, say, say that again who is it mayor, mayor lightfoot she's okay, the mayor okay. of chicago okay yeah so no i didn't put her name in it because that's uh you know that's um you can be sued for that yeah, so I, I didn't put her name i made up a fake name and then also i had forgot like you can't put like team names in there too so i put the chicago bulls in it a lot oh. i had to go back and change all that to put a different Damn. name there. Yeah. so you, you said to be you say chicago careful. though right yeah you have to be very careful with that yeah. like you you have to people want their royalties people want their yeah, money people want <laughs> that and so i had to go back and change all that too and um but, you know, I'm actually in the process of meeting her right now. So I sent her both of my books and mm -hmm. I've been talking to her corresponding office and, um, you know, they know my name and they said that the book, both books have gone through security and they're going to be sent to her mailbox. And I was like, was well, there any chance that she's going to have like, look at it? Is there any chance they're like, there's yeah. a 99, there's a 99% chance that she's going to see it because it's in her mailbox right now. Okay. And I was like, well, is there any way to be able to meet her? Like I live in Florida, but I will hop on a plane to come meet. I mean, it's the mayor. Of or you can do Zoom. What? Or you can do like yeah. a Zoom call. No, I'd rather meet no, her. No, that's one of those like, in person things. I yeah, see bro. Like she's stealing that, yourself. That's like a one. Yeah, bro. Like she was just with President Obama the other day. Like because yeah. he's building something on the South Side. Him and his yeah, wife. The presidential so. library. The, he, they yeah, broke so ground the like, presidential library. Yeah, I was just like, man, this is like, I would, I would love to see that. So right now, I'm talking to her scheduling mm -hmm. department right now, and uh, I'm working that out. But damn, she got a scheduling I mean, department. Well, she's she's pushing right now. Mary Lightfoot's really pushing. I'm not gonna call it the black experience, but she's really pushing black brown people to to expand more. As she really should, especially in Chicago. Up, you know, yeah. and so that means, and that's her thing. She she yeah. she caught a lot of heat when she said that she's only going to conduct interviews currently. And uh, I think it was, it was a set time timeline. I think it was like 90 days or something. But she was only going to conduct interviews with just black and brown journalists. Oh, one second. I'm about to hit her right now. Give me a second here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, she, she got a lot of heat for it, but you got I, I kind of understood because if you look at the news, especially you look at Chicago news, which is a a large place of, of African-Americans, most of the news is not African-Americans. No. It's, <laughs> it's, Unless it's, it's like white journalists. Some, so, you know, something bad usually. Yeah. yeah so, so, I mean, it's... It, it's good for her. I, I and and the fact you trying to push that and grab onto that moment, you know that speaks volumes, man. I that, think you're gonna meet her. I, I honestly, I truly think you're gonna meet her. You're gonna, Dude, she's, whether it's a flyout, uh, whether it's a you know meet at some place, and you you never know who she's with. You know, what if she flew and out and she was hanging with a bomb at the time? You know? I know, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She don't even. She would not even have to fly me out. Another. I will literally pay for my plane ticket down the next <laughs> flight from Tampa to Chicago. On, like that is literally like a. That's a dream come true. Like who went? The mayor of Chicago is a big name. Like because think about it, she's on the news all the time. She's meeting the president, all that. Yeah. So like it's it's a very big deal. And I wouldn't. She's in that no, circle. That's yeah, I wouldn't want to do no Zoom call. I would want to be yeah. in person, like that, shake her hand and meet her. Like that's what I'm hoping. So she said it's a ninety nine percent chance she's gonna see it because it's in her mailbox right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm just hoping like. I can because I'm talking to her scheduling unit right now, and I'm just hoping, like, you know, I'll be able to 
find the schedule of what works for her because I know she's a very busy woman. Because mm-hmm. right now she's dealing with apparently the Chicago Bears football team are going to be moving to yep. Arlington Heights. Yes. So yes. she's dealing with that right now, trying to keep them in the city. So I'm like, and uh, I'm like, man, she's a very busy woman. But they, from what they said, like the her corresponding uh, person, they said that you you have a real shot at meeting her, especially since you're an author and everything and wrote and mm-hmm. written something like that. Like, yeah. uh, I'm I'm hoping that'll go well because I will literally be on the, you will see on my Instagram, I'll be on the first flight <laughs> from Tampa to Chicago and you're going to see me post a picture next to me there. Like, that would be <laughs> an unforgettable moment. I would never forget that. Like, wow. Dude. Are you, are, are you um, so we spoke on, on, on your current book, you know, Streets, and, and by the way, uh, if people don't know, go to his Instagram. Uh, he's got, uh, I f- forgot the gentleman's name that's promoting it on there as well. Uh, you, yeah, you praised him a couple of times on there. Um, but oh, yeah. it, uh, what is it? Do you, what was his name again? Um, the dude from France. Yes. Yeah. yeah uh, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. Diata. Pierre Escargo. Uh, <laughs> so I met a friend in France who, <laughs> uh, who saw like that I was an author and everything. And they uh-huh. thought that was incredible. And, they they said that they will support it, so it's a uh, it's very. So cool my man about to be international. Yeah. Well, I'm internationally I mean, known. Internationally it very, known. It was very, I, you know, I I just am very humbled by it. It was very cool to see him take the book and take a picture in front of the Eiffel Tower with it, like. Yeah, and I'm not even yeah. there. He just did it out of the kindness of his heart. I was see, like, support, man. That's, that's dude. What that it was is. like. I, it was hard not to get like emotional about that. I was like, wow, like I can't believe some kid from Brock, Illinois was riding the city bus, had somebody in Paris, France, buy his book and hold and take a picture you know, on social media. Like, yeah, that's that's yeah, bro. That yeah. stuff was like that's a moment yeah. I'll never forget. And he has the second book right now, and he told me he's gonna take a picture from the Eiffel Tower with both books tomorrow. So I might get it tomorrow nice. and go ahead nice. and post it. He better be reading it. No, just he may not be just Posting for the oh. gram, you know what I mean? <laughs> Holding up six books, like, yo, you boy's a scholar. You know, hey, he... Either way, I'm thankful. I can't complain, yeah. bro. Like, that's I, that's any author's dream to be able to have somebody in front of the Eiffel Tower hold up their work. Like, I can't complain about that. It's amazing. Um, so you, um, you know, like you said, you recently went to Brazil. And yeah. that's why I want to stop you before you, you told us about the trip earlier. Um, how was it? Like, I mean, what, I mean Brazil's yeah. way different than France, obviously. And, you know, how do you, how do, how do I say this? Like your experience in Brazil, can you compare it to any experiences you may have had in your first book or even a storyline in your second book? Because, you know, a lot well, of times people write off you, of their, you know, their experiences, I guess. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I wasn't even going to go. Like I oh. kept hearing, like anytime you look up is Rio de Janeiro, Brazil safe to go yeah. to? The, it says no, no do not travel there do not go there do not yeah do no. not it says it in bold print do not travel and it <laughs> yeah. says covid is bad uh street crime is bad yeah. and i'm like just don't go and yeah it, just it, don't go period and i'm i met somebody who actually came from brazil and was one of my roommates he's mm-hmm. from brazil and um well he was one of my old roommates and i was talking to him about it and he was like um he was like, yeah, man, uh, it's a, uh, you got to be careful when you go over there. And I'm like, man, I keep hearing this. And then <laughs> I was at, I know, hey, that's all then, I need to hear. I'd be like, yep, yeah. oh. and then I was at, uh, I was at um, work two different times now. And I met somebody, I saw somebody who had a Brazil shirt on. And I was like, you know what, let me go start a conversation. I'm in customer service. And 
I was like, man, that's a nice shirt. I love that. Uh, I love their soccer team because Neymar Jr. is my favorite soccer player. Right. And um, he was like, yeah, uh, I'm uh, from Brazil. I was like, wow, that's so cool. Um, I plan on going there in September. He's like, really? Be careful when you go. <laughs> right. He's like, why do you think I'm here? <laughs> yeah, he said, don't wear no jewelry. Don't wear no watches or none of that. And I was like, Dang, this dude kind of yeah. Like, what was worse? Just walk around Brazil in swim trunks uh, the whole time. I know, right? Sweat, yeah. sweat pants. It's like walking around in sweat pants. I'm broke. I don't have no money <laughs> at all. <laughs> and then I met somebody else, and, and they had a Brazil soccer shirt on. So then I was talking to them. And they're like, "Yeah, we went for the 2014 World Cup, and we have family down there." I was like, "Wow, that's so cool! I plan on traveling down there soon." And like, really, be careful when you go. Just be on the lookout. Don't wear fancy stuff. And I'm like. This is the fourth person now that's told me. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I don't even know. I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, I don't even know if I want to go, bro. Like, I'm going by myself. I was like, I don't even know if I want to go. But eventually, you know, the hotel was paid for, the flight was paid for. Especially like, if somebody from Brazil told you not to go. Like, yo, yeah, no, right? That's, yeah, that's saying, like, bro. I'm red like, flag. everything I'm you like, heard I is true. I don't know if I want to be doing this now. And <laughs> so eventually, I just manned up and I went. And, you know, as, as soon as I landed, I started to get that, like, that. Here, butterflies like, anxious yeah, yeah. Shit. so Is this the right choice did i be here right now yeah <laughs> yeah so you know i go through customs you know get checked in um welcome to brazil say and then um you know the the one uh, one of the really underestimated things about brazil that's very nice is their currency is so low for instance <laughs> 200 american dollars is a thousand of their dollars that's how low it is and they use um i forgot the name of it Reice, that's, like that. yeah. that's what their currency is called. Yeah. And um, so it's very cheap there. And like 20 minute, 30 minute Uber rides are $5 or $3. So it's very cheap too. The Damn. food is very cheap there. Everything is cheap there. And um, so I bought my tickets, of course, ahead of time to go see the statue, Christ the Redeemer statue, and mm -hmm. go on the cable cars and um, and then go see. I got to tour the Brazil soccer stadium the twenty. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Nice. That oh, was shit. amazing. Bro. Like, I got to step on the field that like oh, Messi wow. and Kelly and uh, great. Yeah, you got to kiss the field. Some of the great. It was. <laughs> they had. They had. Uh, I wanted to get a piece of souvenir grass, but it was sold out. <laughs> Wait, I was like, time bro. out. They got souvenir <laughs> grass. Yes, bro. Grass from the soccer field. Oh my souvenir god. Souvenir grass in like a little container. It's like a plastic container. They have it. No, it's like. How a you white even know it's legit? Container. How you know it's legit? Yeah. It, some of this grass. Legit. Two hundred dollars. And I was like, I was thinking about pulling up. A grass. Yeah, just, yeah, that's that. See, now Literally, you know it's legit. That's what I do. Get back like, in the hotel, um, take your shoes off, yeah. and just pull everything on the bottom off your shoes. <laughs> Swear cleats you or go. something. There you go. Same thing. But like when I got to um when I got to customs and when I got through customs, everything it was like one o'clock in the. Their their time difference is only an hour ahead of us, but okay. it was like one o'clock in the morning, and uh I get there, and. It's convenient because, you know, everything is in Portuguese and, you know, they speak Portuguese. They're not Spanish. And then everything underneath is in English. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people there don't speak any English. But so um, I made sure, you know, I called my phone company, make sure I had data there because you don't right. want to be in Brazil. Right. No. You don't want to be stuck. So um, be stuck. I made sure I had that and I made sure I had my Google Translator on Portuguese and everything. And everybody there was so friendly. Like I didn't come across anybody rude. There was not one moment I did not feel safe. Nothing mm -hmm. like all, all that stuff you read on the media is all I'm not going to say it's all not true. Right. But 
not one, I went there by myself and not once did I feel threatened, not once did I feel unsafe, nothing at all. Like, now there was one moment where I was at the beach. And <laughs> it was that some, one time, some, though. Yeah, there was one, I ain't gonna lie, there was one time I was at the <laughs> beach and I was standing there listening to music in the tourist area. And over there, they tried to get you to buy stuff so bad because it's oh, a yeah. country. Yeah. And I'm over there just listening to music and the guy is talking to me in Portuguese and I told him I'll speak English. Um, so like the whole time I was there, I used my Google translator and <laughs> people, people were very patient. Like I'd be typing in the translator and they would literally sit there and wait. And then I translated to Portuguese and they would sit there and wait. And then they, uh, they would either type on their phone or they would like explain it a little bit more to like pointing and stuff. They were all very nice and friendly, but, um, when I was listening to the guy, uh, when I was listening to like, cause on the beach, they all have like different restaurants and music playing right. live music and everything. And they're very same good. specials. And, yeah. And I was like <laughs> listening to the music and this guy was like trying to get me to buy stuff. And I didn't understand anything he was saying. I was like, no, I just want to listen to music. And then this guy, he told, he said something to him in Portuguese and some other guy came up to me, oh, like some, some kid around my age and, right. um, he came up to me, he was like, what's up, man? What you want? I got crack. I got, uh, marijuana. I got good <laughs> stuff. What you want? And I was like, what the hell? And he literally came up to me and he showed me in his pocket that he had crack All and cocaine on. I was like, what did he just say to him? I was like, no, <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, and, no, right. Uh, that was, uh, he was like, okay, just let me know if you want it. And I was like, that was, I walked away. I was like, I am not trying to go to Brazil. Exactly. That was one of the members. craziest things I saw. And I couldn't believe it. Like, this man literally just pulled out, like, just a lot, a lot of drugs from his pocket. I was like, what? Or yeah, you pay but, $20 um, in the mystery bag, just grab whatever <laughs> you can. Yeah. But it was, uh, now, and then another thing that kind of like, kind of creeped me out a little bit was when we were driving to the hotel and it was late at night. And when I was looking out the window, you saw like, there were like the alleyways would be very dark and, and the buildings there really run down compared to American buildings. <laughs> right. Like everything was like run down, dark. You see stray dogs and cats running everywhere. There's a lot of homeless people there. So you, you just saw a bunch of people sleeping outside on the street. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but when we got, and you see the favelas, like there's real, that favela stuff that you see on Google is real. Like they're it's up in the mountains and they have houses stacked on top of houses. And it's like, it's actually like really cool to see like, like, because here in America, you don't see no type no, of stuff no. like that. I mean, unless you like just, in maybe, oh, does San Francisco have stuff like that? No. 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 I'm talking like square houses. On top. Oh, These are I know what you mean. On top I, of I know. Yeah, I know <laughs> what you mean. Like, it, was, it was really cool to see. Like bad boys and, um, too. You're being generous by calling it a house, but it's more, more of a shack. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was amazing <laughs> to see that. It was really, it was actually really cool to see something that different and Everywhere in Brazil, there's mountains everywhere, and um, it's 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 such a beautiful place. It's one of the most beautiful places on earth. And when I got to my hotel, like, um, you know, they have uh, the hotel was a four star hotel right on the beach, so I was in a safe area. Mm-hmm. And it was the hotel was sixty dollars a night, and I stayed for four nights. And it was a four star hotel, breakfast included. Oh damn! Pool on on top of the uh, pool on top of the roof. Like I'm talking, just looking over top. all the poor people, just heavy, heavy security, doing a whole. Yeah, see, that's what yep. I was gonna say. As soon as I got towards the Poland part, there was three people standing out the door, and they op- they were very polite. Like not once <laughs> did I open the door for myself. They opened the door for me as I got out. They opened the door there, but there was like they had the hotels like secured, and that was 
not only that one, but all the hotels, they had security right in front. So there'd be like three people standing in front of the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But everybody was very nice. All the Uber rides, everybody was very nice. Um, the women there were beautiful. Everything was absolutely beautiful. Like, it was it was incredible. And uh, the one, um, for go- one thing you just can't ever forget is seeing the Christ the Redeemer statue. Like, yeah. It looks yeah. small. It looks small on TV, but it is absolutely humongous. Like you go up in the train and uh, when I was in the train ride, I thought I was seeing a squirrel. Like I saw this thing hopping on the trees and that was a whole monkey. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and I forgot Brazil is a squirrel uh, got arms and legs. Arms and legs and the tail was that extra was long. Like what? That's a whole monkey. And uh, I forgot Brazil is like the Amazon rainforest is in mm. Brazil. Like it's a whole jungle. And yeah. um, you go up in a train and then you go up these uh, escalators and then you see like uh, you see the statue and most people don't know this like underneath the statue so like here's the statue and then oh, on the side behind it there's a church inside of there where you can pray oh, so wow. it was very convenient to see that like there's a built-in church underneath it and um it was just absolutely incredible like the views like seeing everything wow. and then Riding in the cable car was, I was very, I was, I ain't gonna lie, I was scared to get on that because you get on the cable car and it literally rocks back and forth <laughs> and there's nothing but a cable holding you up. And when you look at it and you see it in person, it looks like the cable is just going straight up and there's uh-huh. like this little mountain that's going to. And um, so, anyways, when we, st- uh, I, when I was seeing people get off of it, it was just rocking back and forth. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, man. And uh, and you could see, like, when you saw the cable line, when you wait in line, you could actually see the machine going off the thing. And I was like, dude, somebody could how many just, like, How many people they fit? Just, what, 10? They fit about, like, 30 people in there. And then I'd be, I got I'd be weight nervous. checking. I'd be like, hold on. How much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got nervous this about that, too, because I'm like, this is, this is kind of a, lot of a little bit too much people in here. And then, you know, the door is shut, and it was too late to turn back. And then. Like, I know, right? But, then, but, then, but listen, you 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 coming up to the giant Jesus, you know, you're like, all right. I mean, I I don't no, think anything's so gonna the, happen. The Jesus statue, you go up by train. This was the Sugarloaf oh, Mountain. Okay. So you go up by a cable car, and in the cable car, like it's nothing. It's literally just a cable that you ride up, and there's nothing below you. Like if that cable snaps, you fall straight down, and mm-hmm. it's like tilted at an angle. It's not straight up. It's like an angle that you go up. So it was just like kind of scary. And then it was kind of cloudy that it was a little cloudy. So like when we were on the way up, there was nothing but clouds all around us. And mind mm-hmm. you, as we're going up, the other one's coming down. So I was like, bro, like mm-hmm. all it takes is one person to like rock a little bit and you're going to crash into the other cable. That's how like maybe it's, so, they probably make you like appreciate the statue more right he's like okay well it's probably like a like a like, bush guard it's like they scare you a little bit like, oh shit and then you see like jesus ooh, like, oh, it was literally like a lot <laughs> the views you 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 can't find those views anywhere in america mm-hmm. or like you literally have to go there to see those views it's absolutely beautiful and incredible like mm-hmm. as you're on the way up you see the christ the redeemer statue all the mountains the um the famous thing about that beach Copacabana is it's the beach is a is a half circle beach so every it's like a curve so uh-huh. everything comes together together and literally as you go up you see the ocean is like it's, it's not like it's not like America's ocean it's like crystal clear blue like that type yeah. of tropical oh, yeah ocean. they got a tropical water yeah it's yeah, like and salty hot 
it was it was it was absolutely amazing like all the seeing the views and the mountains and i i i literally like i try to tell people like if you want to go on a cheap vacation go to brazil like it's absolutely amazing there like you can't, you can't find those anywhere else like don't floss though you go go yeah. You know, don't fly clothes. Like, take Uber, take yeah, Uber, Lyft everywhere. Don't be walking, don't, stupid. Yeah, don't be, uh, don't be wearing jewelry and watches. <laughs> I, I didn't wear that, and um, I just, uh, you know, it, it was a great time though. I loved it, and um, I, uh, they love soccer over there, and they're really good at soccer. So when I went to the stadium, it was amazing to see, um, you know, all the, um, the great players like Ronaldinho, Pelly, um. Uh, uh, Neymar, you know, all just historic soccer players there, and they had like signed jerseys there, and signed they left their cleats wow. there, and you know, that was the stadium I went and walked on the field was the stadium that hosted the 2014 World Cup and the another World Cup, and that stadium has been around since like the 1900s. So that Pelly played in that field, like all historic names played there. So it was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Like you got to. You literally felt like a player. You got to walk in the locker room and see all the locker room jerseys. You got to walk on the field. You got to walk up the stands. It was, it was is, incredible. Is like, that an idea for? Uh, which kind of rolls into my next question. Is that an idea for book number three? You know what? I was thinking about doing that. I was thinking about writing it. Uh, uh, I'm not going to go too into it. But I was thinking <laughs> about writing a book about a kid who grows up in the favelas in Brazil. Okay. wants to play for the famous soccer club in Paris, France, PSG. Okay. And I was going to take a kid, third world kid in the favelas and have him become a famous soccer player and go to live in Paris. And I thought that would be a really good book, but I kind of want to take a different route because okay. I kind of want to relax off of writing like three, 400 page books to go into a children's book now and try okay. something different to where it's only 15, 20 pages. The whole thing is pictures all that and, <laughs> right that, that's, yeah, I, I just, that's what yeah, i want to is is discussing you know your third the, your third book which is as you say is a children's illustrated novel so are you doing the illustrations yourself or how are you doing who's doing the illustrations um, so what i will be doing is i will be writing it and you know it's it's only going to be 15 20 pages because children books aren't meant to be like anything yeah, longer right. than that. I'm thinking that when I was a kid, my attention span was like, what? what exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, um, and so the illustrator I'm going to be working with is an illustrator off of, you know, the app Fiverr. And they have some great illustrators off of there and, um, you know, great work. I found somebody who I wanted to work with. Great work. They showed me all their work and everything. Um, the person who illustrated the front of my book was on Fiverr. So, um, Oh yeah, that brings in my next point. Like when I had uh when I was working on the cover of that second book, I was working with this other graphic design company who gra- who designed my first book. Uh-huh. And I went right back to them, you know, wanted to work with them again. And they did hated my idea of having the kids in the wheelchair holding up the scholarships with medals. Really? Yeah, they didn't like it at all. They said this is too much for the they said that this is too much for the front cover and it's gonna distract people. I was like what they Have wanted they me not, to do. What do you mean distract people? What they book. The, what literally what they wanted me to do was have three hands holding a medal, and that would be the cover. Just just three hands holding a medal and just have streets and scholarships. And that I was like, insane. no, I don't I don't want to do that. That's that's a stupid cover. And they were like, Well, unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to work with you on this. And I was like, Okay. So I went I mean, I and I found <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I went, I went on Fiverr and I found somebody and I told them all the ideas I wanted. They drew the whole thing out, went straight up my ideas, colored it in, all that. And they did a fantastic job. The cover is amazing. So, yeah, I was going to say, like, but, but like, you know, shame on the, the other companies. Like, yeah, you, know, you, yeah. you, you're providing a service. Like, yeah, you got to listen. If this is what you want, just like when I go order pizza, I'm like, hey, man, can you throw some pineapples on there or maybe some green onions. Like, I don't expect the dude. You know, behind the counter, be like, nah, I don't think that'd be a good idea. Like, yeah, oh <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Try. Like, at least if you make it messy, I don't care. But at least you exactly, try. you know, don't say right. uh, this is not gonna work because your idea is no, no, exactly, it's not gonna work. And it's like I felt like it was kind of like a slap in the face. Like, damn, like I paid you guys to work on the first book, and then I come with you guys for my ideas on the second one, and you guys keep saying no, that's not going to be good enough. And they were just telling me, like, this is going to be too much for the front cover. Readers are going to get distracted. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, like you, is it people, like, people would have start reading and then they just go back and look at the color, <laughs> cover. And just, yeah, you know, like, just... why would I want to have some, why would I want to have three random hands holding a medal? And that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wanted characters on the front and I wanted, like, the school background, the classroom background. Like, mm-hmm. it they made literally, sense. like, yeah. they shot down my idea. Like, no, we're not going to be. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna go find somebody else then, and um, and that's what I did. I went on Fiverr, I found somebody else, and they did it for a way cheaper price than that other company was gonna do. Right. So I saved money there too. So save money, you got, job. and you got what you wanted. Exactly. So exactly. it's a win-win. win-win. So I can't um, complain. I got one more I, question. I, well, at least, oh, well, Sean, you want to go? No, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, it's kind of like my last question, but you know, this is so you just complete the second book, or. Yeah. It's actually been published. Um, what's what's the end goal? You know, would you ever see yourself wanting to have something that's like a New York Times bestseller? Yeah, for, oh, that's every author's dream, bro. Like that would be a dream come true. But I'm still trying to figure that out myself. I don't know if I really want to make this. I don't know if I want to write like 15, 20 books, just keep going, right. or right. Because you know, I was, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of disappointed on the second book because it didn't do the numbers that my first book did. Like. Uh-huh. My first book sold 75 copies in three days. Oh, nice. And the first week, it was already at 100. Whereas this book, it's not been nowhere near as much as that. So I kind of felt like... Sophomore slump, maybe? I mean, Yeah, that day, um, you know, my girlfriend was there with me, and she, she saw how, you know, disappointed I was. I didn't get near the attention I got on the first mm-hmm. one either. But, um, you know, it was just motivation to keep going and try something new. Yeah. So I just decided, like, you know... I'm not gonna lie, like my confidence kind of went down a no, little bit. No, but you you gotta think, man. Like a book is yeah. a book is cemented in in history, man. It's not like yeah. you know you they have like away. a time period of where like or else it comes off the shelf. No, it's it's once it's, it's out there, there, it's out there. And you know yeah. we're we're here to help. You know we support you ten thousand percent. So you I know don't that, don't don't let that and hinder you. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know just keep put, yeah. putting out shit. Keep, or, I mean to swear, but keep putting out mm. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> as much as you can. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Like. There's there's been plenty of authors, including one of my, one of my favorite, Tom Clancy, but plenty of authors who put out books that don't get that traction. Then something happens later on, yep. and all of a sudden people come back to that book, and then that book blows up because it had it, it kind of fit the moment. It didn't fit the moment where it came mm-hmm. out, but it fit the moment later. Exactly. And so that exactly. may be the case for your book. It may fit a later moment. Now, say you meet so so you say you meet the mayor right of Chicago, boom that's that's a plug that's yeah. it's hard, yeah. rare and very hard <laughs> yeah. to get you know what i mean and Man, just like yeah. that 
that's what people were telling me too. They're like, dude, like it, all it takes is one big name person to support your book or even you to write one book and you're on forever. Like yep. just one, one really like one, it doesn't even have to be like just one book that people can like relate to or they like and mm -hmm. you're on and it does numbers and it does well, like the first one, or you just need one big name person, like the mayor or who knows, like some professional athlete right. and you're on like, and that's what yeah. they were telling me. Cause I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of disappointed. I, I kind of felt like a slap in the face there too. Cause I was like, all these people are telling me, wow, that storyline sounds so good and everything. And then I post the book and they're like, I didn't get nowhere near as many as attention I did. I don't know if it's because I posted on Thursday when the Bucks were playing oh, the first game of the season. <laughs> don't worry about that. But, but I was just like, bro, I kind of felt like, I was Goddamn like, Tom damn, Brady man. still like, a bunch moment. <laughs> I was like, man, bro, like, I mean, it's okay, though, because like, I, and, and people were telling me, like, how many people in your life do you know 20, a 20-year-old 20 that's written two books? Like, exactly. I don't know any. Exactly. And yeah. even though people say that, to me, it's like, I kind of feel not like a failure, but I kind of feel like disappointed because it's not, I want it to be, the goal is to, for it to be a bestseller. You can write a hundred books and none of them be a bestseller. And it's kind of like a waste of time. But and me, me personally, I just decided like, okay, it's time to take a different round. So I'm writing, mm -hmm. you know, 200, 300 page books, chapter books, write, go, go try the children's book route. Mm -hmm. That does not, that doesn't take nearly as long to write. I mean, I'm about to have, it's only going to take me a week or two to write. I mean, and then I'll send it over to my editor and she'll look at it and go from there. But um, I just want to try something different now. This would be my first hardcover book. So it's going to have a hardcover, you know. Um, I'm excited for it, though. It's going to be about um, I've decided to write a children's book on a real issue that's going on in our country and throughout okay. the world, uh, child, uh, child hunger. So I don't want it to be your average book about some kid who loses a dog and or some yeah, person. Yeah. I want it to be about a real issue because I saw that firsthand in Brazil. Like there's kids in the favelas who are really breaking the cars, going down to the beach, snatching stuff and running because mm -hmm. they have mm -hmm. no shoes on. They have no food, nothing like, and here in America, you, there's people going, there's, thousands, there's hundreds of cars lined up to go get food at the food banks mm -hmm. because the whole COVID yeah. is ruining everything. So I'm like, I'm gonna write a book about, I'm gonna write a children's book that gives off a serious message and talks about child hunger. And that's what I'm working on now. And the title is going to be called Mom, I'm Hungry. So mm. I'm going to write about firsthand about, you know, kids. I'm real good at uh, saying that. Yeah. So I uh, I feel good about this book. I feel like it's going to do pretty well. First ever children's book. So we'll see where it goes from there. Hey, so, I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of you. 100%. Uh, this is probably my last question. It's, it's kind of goes back to, to your the way you're, you're upbringing. So you, as you say, you went to foster, you've been in foster care, you, were, you grew up in foster care. Did you ever meet anyone in the system, in that system, who was glad that the foster care system was there versus being home because home was so bad? Yeah, I've been uh, pl playing kids, even myself, like just growing up getting abused by my father and, you know, um, like other kids who had it worse, like, uh, and like, like their parents trying to kill them and stuff like uh foster care definitely did help them out a lot mm -hmm. but you know foster care it's it's very it's very like needs more attention to it because these foster parents and the foster care system like it's not as good as what people think like it's really like mm -hmm. it sets you up for failure in a way because as soon as you turn 21 you age out and they just kick you out the system and that's it unless you're in college so like for me i just turned 21 and i'm still the reason why i'm still in the 
system is because I'm in Happy college, belated right? birthday, by the way. Still, oh, I appreciate that. Really. How you feel? Appreciate that. It's about to be appreciate the most expensive it. decade of your life, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know. yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I, uh, you know, it's, I've been, once you get to college, I will say foster care is a lot better because they help you out a ton. And, you know, mm-hmm. colleges are all for foster kids being in college. So they give you extra aid and all that. So it's been, it's definitely been a lot, a lot better, hundred percent better. Um, you know, I'm very thankful and all that. So I'm very thankful for everything. I'm very thankful for all that I've been through the bad, the good it's made me who I am today. And I would not be here the person who I am today if I didn't have to go through that. Cause that's where I get all my drive and motivation from. Like, I mean, I'm very, I'm, it, it's hard for me to sleep at night knowing that there's kids in the foster care system struggling, just like how I was. Right. Like, it's hard yeah. for me to sit back sometimes and complain about, oh, like, why can't I bench this? Or why can't I get that pair of shoes or clothes when there's fucking kids who don't have, you know, no parents or shoes on? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it humbles me and it gives me that mind, like, it helps me want to work harder and do better. So I, I can never complain or, you know, act like, uh, that I'm above it or any of that. So I, I appreciate it all, but I don't know, man. I just feel like it's, it, it needs more attention to it and yeah. I'm going to do my best to help out. Um, they want me to start speaking at schools more and I've been invited to yes. go speak at schools more in Illinois and, you know, some schools in Florida, I went and spoke at one. So, um, I'm trying to get into that. It's just, I'm as crazy as it sounds. I am a shy person. So it's, <laughs> It's, it's very anxiety raising when you're the only one talking. There's like 50 people watching you. Yeah. So it's hard to do that sometimes, but I'm working on that. I just took a speech, uh, public speaking class in school. So yeah. yeah, I'm supposed to graduate next year. I'll be the first one to get my degree out of both my parents. So I'd be good there. And then just you know, work on this yeah, book. Definitely. Hopefully I'll get to meet the mayor. This uh, some, I'm hoping like maybe in November, December, you know, whatever. Shit, run for mayor. You can't meet her run for mayor. <laughs> But what I, I'm just trying to see, like, what I want to, I'm just trying to push myself to keep going and I want to keep pushing and I plan on traveling to another country soon. So nice. Keep, keep going, keep working and keep striving for greatness. So, so. Nice. Well, that's what's up, man. That, that That's good. Yeah. That's, um, you know, like I said, we're here to support. We got you back 100%. And, um, you know, like I said, keep, get that children book out, keep hustling keep grinding you're gonna meet the mayor so you know like i said i'm a big positive vibe type of guy so keep thinking you will and you you definitely will but when who you don't want to meet is any mayor in florida because i think it's time for uh a little bit of what the what the florida is that right you know it gets crazy down here he's crazy down here you don't want to meet no mayors down here (laughs) trust me it is time for what the florida you 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 remember this from last time right we played last uh last time yeah it was like yeah 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 it was a trivia game you've been so you've been in florida a while now so this you know should be up to speed okay yeah don't worry this one it'd be sort of easy sort of not but it is time for what the florida i'm ready baby all righty i'm ready I've been losing a lot lately, I'll be honest with you. I, I think I lost, I don't know, man, past two months in a row. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting bad. It's getting bad. I feel like my Florida Florida knowledge is kind of up there now. I've been here, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, good thing is, you know, side note. So, usually me and Sean argue about where, like, uh, Tampa is 
in yeah. a sense of yeah. Florida, Central Florida, <laughs> South Florida. So last week, uh, our buddy Ozzy that we that we interviewed, he's actually from Miami Dade County, or excuse me, from Miami. And you know, it's, you don't got nobody better than a than a, a Floridian who's who's been born and raised here. And he <laughs> agreed with me that Tampa is in Central Florida. No, I don't care if it's called USF, USSF, doesn't matter. Tampa is in Central Florida. So. In case any of the uh, questions, you know, come up and you have to hesitate or you got to really think about the, the, the geographics of it, you know, just know that Tampa is in considered Central Florida. So, yeah. You know what I have a question about, though, is why is USF, why is USF called University of South Florida when South Florida is in Miami? <laughs> don't get started. Don't get him started. Don't get him started. South Florida starts here. <laughs> I think it's just more, that's it's what, more, that's it's more no south sense. than north. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. That's what makes no sense to me. Like, why is University of South Florida in Tampa and not Miami when Miami is South Florida? Like, that's Miami weird. is so South Beach. That's I South think it's, Florida. I think, I think USF was probably named first, and then they got to Miami. I was like, oh, well, we can't use USF again. <laughs> so yeah. why don't we just call it Miami? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't get that. Like, it's we're no we're not South Florida. We are no. we're like you said, we're more towards the middle. Exactly. If anything, we're a University of Left Florida because we're on the <laughs> left side. We're literally all the way on the left side. Like, I don't wouldn't that be some if that's how they start naming schools? Just by like, yeah, we're you know, kind of Northeast State <laughs> University. <laughs> like, what? I mean, they do do it in a way, like in Chicago Northwestern. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's what their name is, Northwestern University. Or Eastern yeah, Florida. Pretty soon, yeah. longitude and latitude <laughs> names of yeah. schools. I mean, oh man, yes. Well, Who's this? Your cousin Sean? Sean popped up. <laughs> this dude. All right. Well, welcome to What the Florida. This right. guy. Yeah, he really wanted to test out a Florida's dealer car dealerships return policy. Hmm. Let me tell you the story. I think I this is that. Timothy Wolf. No, I don't know. He's a Florida man who landed behind bars after attempting to trade in a car to the same car dealership he stole it from. <laughs> this is according to police. Early last week, the police responded to a report of a stolen vehicle at a Chrysler Dodge Jeep dealership. According to investigators, employees told officers that Wolf was trying to trade in his vehicle for a new ride. But when a VIN search was performed, Wolf's trade in wasn't his after all. Mm. The car was stolen. The car stolen was the same dealer lot a few days earlier. This car stolen was the same dealer lot a few days earlier, and Wolf found himself in an awkward situation. <laughs> Wolf 50 admitted to police that he stole the vehicle, police said, and the crime was captured on the dealer's surveillance video, video system. Wolf was arrested on charges, including grand theft auto, criminal mischief, and booked into the county detention center. Hmm. Very interesting <laughs> character. I think I. I well, when we get to it, I'll tell you my answer for why I think he, why I think he did it. <laughs> oh boy, that's going to be interesting. Was that story one, right? Yeah, that's story one. Okay, all right. Story mm. two. Mm. You know, I kind of think he was trying to go to jail. You know, because they say he said he admitted it. So, yeah. you know, like if I'm trying, like maybe he got like a little boo thing in jail or something like that, and he was like, "How do I get back in there?" <laughs> without like a murder charge or you know or something bad enough to where i'll get arrested so i was like let me just car. steal this car bring yeah. it back to the dealership stolen and then admit that i did it right. <laughs> you know? car. oh man that's definitely some usf stuff <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right second story 
Oh, yeah, you gotta get this ugly dude off, <laughs> off the screen. <laughs> I'm staring like, who's this bug up there? Looks at? like one of these hillbilly guys in Florida. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> much all of them. Yeah. 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 Definitely a Trump supporter. I see it. That's probably why he right. stole the card. Put some flags on the back. You know how they do. Yeah. Stickers, bumper <laughs> stickers. Oh, snap. Who is this? Story two. Meet. What? There we go. Meet Alexis King, 37. Alexis King was caught by another customer. This is the story. A customer shopping for a pre-owned car for pre-owned car discovered a naked woman pleasuring herself (laughs) in the rear seat of a 2010 Jeep Wrangler parked outside a Florida Florida auto dealership, according to the rest report. Police officers were dispatched to I'm not gonna say this college of name, this <laughs> car dealership in Florida after a customer complained to a sell, to a sales associate about a naked woman in the back of the vehicle. As you can tell by the title, woman found with her legs spread wide open, pulling at her vagina. According to an arrest <laughs> affidavit obtained by the smoking. The way you say that word, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when the smoking gun a dealership manager opened the cheap's door he spotted Alexis King 37 naked with her legs spread wide open another employee reported that the suspect was pulling at herself a third employee who called 911 told police that a co-worker called him to the front lot to get a, to get a vehicle that a homeless woman was inside pleasuring herself this, there was a lot going oh, on oh she's homeless too <laughs> oh man after King, I don't know. After King exited the vehicle and walked away from the dealership, employees noticed damage to the car's interior, including a broken radio, a red color stain, which appeared to be from bleeding consistent with a period observed oh my, on, on the back this seat. Disgusted. According to the dealership's manager, King caused an estimated thirteen hundred dollars in damages to the Jeep. One witness told the cops that the auto smelled so horrible that it had to be sent straight to detailing. <laughs> or King, oh, charged of, <laughs> King was arrested and charged with burglary of an unoccupied conveyance, criminal mischief, unlawful exposure of sexual organs, and giving police a false name. She is being held in the county jail with a seven thousand dollar bond. Damn, I feel bad for whoever oh. buys that Jeep after her. Oh, you know that should be on. I like, wonder what discount. her sentence is going to be. <laughs> uh, oh, dealerships. I guess that's what's popping now. Just. Yeah. You want some action? Go to the dealership. <laughs> you go stealing people, dealership. doing all types of stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. I and look at her mugshot. She she got a mugshot like she'd do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah like she don't care. I'd do it again. Oh uh, snaps! Don't tell me somebody crashed the airplane. Yeah, yeah, this is an interesting. Uh, a woman was say. A woman who was stationed at a military base was arrested early Sunday morning after a bizarre incident at an executive airport in which she crashed into two planes that were parked on the ground, according to a report from the sheriff's office. The arrest report states that the sheriff's office was preparing to launch its helicopter into an unrelated search when an officer saw a white van parked near the aviation hangar. As the officer called other units. The sheriff's office said the van started moving away and crashed into a small plane and then a Learjet damaging both aircraft. <laughs> According to the report, police detained the person who told officers she thought she was in Washington, D.C. and trying to get to the base. Investigators said she failed a field sobriety test and had a blood alcohol level of 
1.19. She's flying. The legal drive-in limit in Florida is zero is point zero eight. A statement from the military says we are aware of the rest. We are cooperating fully with law enforcement. Wait, 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 wait. She was driving and she hit a plane. Driving and hit a plane. Okay, she I don't know why in my brain I thought she was flying and like Oh yeah, I thought she was landed and hit a plane with an airplane. <laughs> so she was drunk driving a plane. <laughs> no, she was she drunk drove into. I don't yeah. know. This chick is crazy. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, she was good till she woke up. She shouldn't have woke up. Yeah, I know, <laughs> she was right? Just like play, she was just played. She's like, ah, ah, ah. oh my god, no. <laughs> Uber man, just take an Uber. Or, or buy a oh. Tesla, you know, put his stuff on on, on autopilot, and let, uh, yeah, let it go. Yeah. Auto cruise, yeah, oh, cruise. avoid <laughs> airports. Control. Yeah, put on buses. cruise control. Um, and that's crazy. Like, why would you even? I don't get it, bro. Like, why would you even allow yourself to get that drunk? Like, obviously, people, you got uh, some, you got some problems, bro. Yeah. Well, some people, you know, yeah. how some people are. I mean, just yeah, it's just people that fall asleep driving, like which is very common, by the way, but. Maybe I'm just being self-centered, but I can never, I feel like I can never like fall asleep driving. No, like that, I don't get how people can do that. Knowing you're driving a car and just falling asleep. Like, yeah. I can never. Okay. Full disclosure. My, uh, my children's mother was lived in, was from Atlanta and I lived in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And so it was a two hour commute to see each other. And Mm -hmm. I was older. So of course I'm the one who who was driving to Atlanta. So I was making this trip so often, so often that I started getting tired on the trip. Because, you know, if you take something so many times, you start to get bored of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens to complacency. I started drawing off a couple of times on, on different trips. I'm like, okay, just like, stop myself, wake myself up, pull over. One time, oh my God, I fell asleep. I was out. <laughs> I know I was out. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He, was, he, he, he was my co-pilot. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> Come, I'm telling you, because I fell asleep and I drove probably I'm estimating around half a mile to a mile, uh-huh. but I woke up next to a semi truck, <laughs> still in the same badly. lane, and thank God it was a straight shot. But I woke up next to a semi truck and I scared the living crap out of myself. <laughs> I pulled into the actual median and stopped my car, and I was like, "Okay, I can't move for a good for a while. I can't move, or I can't go to sleep." I scared. I was like, "This is not cool." I almost fell asleep. At that point, if I even get a little sleepy, I pull into a rest area because that. Oh, like you said, that. <laughs> soon as Sean yells, he already pulled it over. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's. Ah, yep. <laughs> the longest oh, four hour trip ever. Yeah, that's um, crazy. All right, I think I'm ready to guess. I'm gonna say. All, all right. So wait, so, you want to go first? Debbie, you want to go first? No, you go ahead and go first. All right. First story. Right. First story. Man, Jacksonville, Florida. Mr. Wolf. Jacksonville. I'm saying North Florida. North. North Florida. I'm confident. Yeah, I'm going to I'm have to agree with you on that. Okay, what? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I All mean, right. it just just from the, I don't know, man. Just from the looks of it, it looks like some hillbilly dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't see that. I don't think you'd see that in Miami. That'd probably be somebody Haitian. <laughs> and or Cuban, and here in Tampa, you probably they wouldn't look like that. I don't, I don't see people who look like that in Tampa. That's okay. more like that's the ra- that's like the the ratchet hillbilly areas in Florida. Yeah, look, look like he just like came straight down from like Alabama. Just like, uh, yeah, you know I mean? he's even from Florida. Like he might be from uh, like you said Alabama or somewhere. <laughs> oh, 
definitely gonna have us losing our listen, man. You know, you know, some issue. If your mustache, if your mustache is bigger than is uh, bigger than your lips, it's a problem. You know what I mean? You gotta watch out for people like that. Yeah. They up mischief, uh, man. That's my rule. rule All right. Well, I, unfortunately, you both are right. <laughs> oh, we right? Oh, okay. <laughs> you both are right. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Shit. Nobody else when I see them. <laughs> Lake. This happened in Lake City, which is in Columbia County, uh, which is outside of Jacksonville. Like you said, oh, not wow. too far outside of Jacksonville. Wow. So good bang, job, bang. good job, bang bang good job on that one. So all right, uh, next story number two, lady uh, doing a business in the in the Jeep. In the Jeep, oh um, man, I'm gonna have to go Miami area with that. You know, Southport. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say here, man, just because I, I feel like we have a lot of Jeep dealerships like around Tampa. Yeah, for some is, reason. So I'm gonna say Central, point. Central Florida. Uh oh, Central. Um, <laughs> bro, that is a really good point. What are you saying? Um, because I don't think they are big in the Jeeps in the South Florida area. Nah. Um, I'm gonna say I don't know, but she looks like she could be from South Florida. She has that Cuban. Go, look. go with your gut. Go with your gut. <laughs> I'm gonna go with South Florida. I'm gonna have to go with that. I'm gonna say. <laughs> All right. So South. So both of you for South Florida, right? No, I'm so no, he's he's Central. You said Central. Okay. Oh, yeah. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Well, you are both wrong. This happened what? in Pensacola, Florida. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pensacola, Pensacola, which is Pensacola oh, is just on the other is just outside. Well, on the other side of Alabama, on the other side of the Florida line from Alabama. Oh, okay, man. all right, yeah. I'll take that. Um, it's that I ten quarter up up there. I'll eat that. So, all right, one for one. So, all right, we so we tied. Okay. All right. Last story. Lastly, all right. So this lady is the one that crashed into it. I mean. It's, this woman who the flying under the influence, but you were on the ground. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm a, I, me personally. I'm gonna go with Central Florida just because of the the outdoor picture, because that yeah. looks more like Central Florida. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking the same. Maybe like a Lakeland type area to where like yeah, or it could be north though too. It's somewhere where there's not yeah, a not lot too of not yeah exactly small airport too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go Central Florida or just outside of Central Florida. I'm gonna. Okay. Well, we, all right. So I'm just gonna go north just to switch it up. I'm gonna say north. Just to switch up. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Sirak, you have redeemed yourself. Let's go. Maybe you are wrong. You are wrong. This happened in Mayport, which is outside of Jacksonville, which is Let's in go. Jacksonville. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Mayport Naval Base there. So at, just having that the, uh, <laughs> the executive airport there. At the Craig Airport. Yeah, I knew that airport looked familiar, like the executive airport <laughs> up there in the <laughs> now I can yeah, give you a chance to redeem you. Like now, now 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 Devin, I can give you a chance to redeem yourself. Okay. I can give you a chance to redeem yourself real quick. If you can Oh man, what's with these ladies? This one. What is wrong with these people? Yeah. They might be friends. <laughs> I kept this one in, in the pocket just in case this was actually supposed to be for Sprock, but Nicole you know, Shankster. He, he pulled up. He pulled up. He pulled us up. Undefeated. Good luck. Good luck. So, um, here's I'm the story. Say... I'll give you the story real quick. Make it real quick. As you can see, masturbated woman looked and pleasure herself <laughs> using a police officer. <laughs> this is Nicole Shankster. This happened in 2017. Uh, she was 34 at the time. She was booked last Tuesday on this early intoxication in a public place. In a public place. And battery on a law enforcement officer. 
Mm. The cop said Shanker acted out that day, and by acted out, we mean masturbated. A female police <laughs> officer said she tried to stop her, but the suspect did intentionally sexually satisfy herself on my left arm and lick my right arm while I was restraining her. How do you make that claim? While in police custody, <laughs> she's feeling me, dog. That's what that's what, that's what you just said. Yeah, she was feeling me, but you know, the intoxicated charge is just a second degree misdemeanor, punishable by up to sixty days in jail. Okay. The battery charge is decidedly heavy. Is a slightly heavier. Normally, this would be just a first degree misdemeanor, but this is being treated as a third degree felony since the alleged victim is a cop. Shankster faces up to five years of prison for that. Shankster is being oh. held on fifty one hundred dollars bond and is waiting trial. Hmm. Hmm. Good luck. All right. Good luck with that one. Bro, <laughs> uh, this is a. I'm gonna have to say. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with. Um, this looks like another hillbilly woman. Um, I'm gonna have to say Central Florida. I feel like one of these is Central Florida. Okay, you gonna go with Central? Yeah. All right, so Rock, you're three for three. So oh, wait, you don't I, gotta, take a I gotta guess. I thought I won. You know that no, I'm good. You three for I don't three. Even guess. You don't have to. I don't want to mess up this record. I don't want to mess up this perfect record. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Devin, you have redeemed yourself. This happened in Pinellas County. Pinellas County is where this happened at. So, welcome back to the club. Welcome back to the club. See, I would have said I would have said something else, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I see. I felt like one of these is going to be Central Florida. I'm like, I know one of these has to be. So, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it. technically, if you just guess the same place all the time i mean you bound to get at least one right <laughs> well no because not <laughs> no none of you know me i'll switch florida. it up and i'll skip a county oh my goodness yeah none, none of them was south florida so uh, no i skipped i skipped oh yeah that's true i don't think about that yeah. all right that's fair enough um devin where do we where do we uh, uh if someone was purchase your book where are we going um just go on amazon and just type in street scholarships or um my testimony or just type in my name and the books will pop up there okay and, all right Okay. Yep. Anything yeah, we will add a, Go ahead. And we will add those links to the uh, YouTube yes. video uh, when it is uploaded as well. Yes. All right. All right. And then is there anything, last thing, anything you want to tell the listeners about what you got going on? Um, nope. Just, just going to be looking forward to releasing this third book and hopefully soon traveling to another country. Um, nice. Then, uh, then I think I might go ahead and start writing about my experiences in those countries and putting them into the book. So. That's what I like That's to hear. Good. That's good. Can't wait to read uh, both of those books, to be quite honest with you. Can't wait to read I, I appreciate that big time. appreciate that uh, big time. Um, uh, I know I will be sending you guys a copy when I finish this children's book, because I feel like this one would do well. And this okay. is my first children's book, so. And I got a little um, I got a little niece. Would appreciate she's, it. she's three, yeah. two, two. Yeah, two. I've got, so she, she's definitely going to get a copy herself. I'm going to make sure. Oh, of man, it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've got, I've got that. Two nephews and a niece, and they're all young. So, especially my nephew, he's two. So, this will be perfect. Yeah, I appreciate so, that. Appreciate thank that. you. Uh, you have anything else, Mr. Uh, Mr. Sirock? I am golden, man. Feeling good. But, Feeling good. Devin, thanks again for, you know, hopping on with us. Second time is always the best time. I'm just kidding. They both were great. We look forward to having you. Once the next one comes out, even if it doesn't come out beforehand, afterhand, we <laughs> want to know about these adventures, what you're doing, who you're talking to, where you're at. All of the above, we appreciate it. I appreciate it. Sean definitely appreciates it. And we definitely, like I said, we'll have you on very soon. Okay. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for the time and inviting me. And, and uh, I appreciate all the support. Support you guys 100%. Hope the podcast keeps going up and up. Thank you. Appreciate it big time, man. We, we thank you. Um, well, 
on that note, don't go away. Um, just hold on to after we sign off and we'll uh, speak with you in a minute. And on that bombshell, make sure you check us out on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, or oh, Apple, sorry, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and everywhere you find your podcasts. This has been the Weekly View with Sean Sorak. I am Sean Kenatorius. And it's your boy Sorak Mike. Peace out. Thanks for listening.